Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Welcome, Star Wars fans, to the 59th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. For the episodes hunt, or for the episode hunt for zero, I am your friendly co-host Matt, and joining me on the other side of the virtual podcast microphone is your Frontlines creator and host. It's Michael Ark Wolf Cohen. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? So we're we're just a little late, later than normal. Yeah, yeah, it's my fault. You know, uh, stuff happens. Life happens. You know. Yeah. Yeah, for those who don't know, who don't follow me on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, uh, this past week I was actually running an art show at my local comic book store, um, which actually I have some news about the comic book store, Uh-oh. and I think we're gonna we're gonna lead with that. So okay, uh, yeah, let's do that. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. This is just the beginning. I think it is time we demonstrated the full power of this station. I have my orders from the Emperor himself. He has something special planned. This is where the fun begins. I think we've got something, sir. Good luck. You're gonna need it. So let's get right into it. Because we actually have a good episode to talk about this week. So we're gonna, like, blast through this. Yeah. And get, get to the episode so that we have lots of time to talk about it. All but right. first thing, first thing I'm going to talk about is uh, my local comic book store, Metropolis Comics and Toys, who are uh, they are fans of the podcast and uh, everything that we do and all that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, uh, last week I mentioned that there was a special sale that if anybody in the Vancouver area was listening and wanted to uh, to pick up some uh, Star Wars stuff for cheap, then they could uh, they could head to metropolis comics and toys and just let them know mm. that i sent you and um and they could get a special deal uh well i have more news uh the comic book store is actually doing a special screening in a couple of weeks on sunday october sorry sunday december 12th um of star wars grindhouse which i don't know if you've ever seen this matt if not i will i will get you a link to it because well, it's it's it- awesome is it on the? Uh, I know you posted a link on the Facebook page for yep, uh, yeah, Frontlines. Yeah, So that's yeah. it, right? But that's not the video you're talking about. That's a, it's it's a movie. Like it's a it's a full feature length re-edit of the original Star Wars. Oh wow! I uh, okay. it's actually they they renamed it to War of the Stars mm-hmm. for this uh, for this grindhouse cut. 
and it's uh it's it's all cut together with a, with a bunch of uh, extra footage actually it's um in order to get people excited about it uh, i will give away the fact that it has the the big scene at the beginning of the movie that we've never seen before now oh, okay. where okay. these guys got this from in order to put this in in this star wars grindhouse i don't know but it's in there um i've actually seen it and it's uh it's not that great of a scene and i understand why they cut it okay. but uh yeah. <laughs> but it is cool to see it because it's this thing that we've sort of heard rumors of for a long time and and uh, and it really changes the character of luke skywalker when you see it um and uh and then they go on to i uh, say they uh, r2d2 is subtitled so every time he beeps and boops there's a <laughs> really? little subtitle for him yeah and oh, uh and Darth Vader has some of his dialogue uh, redubbed, and what they did was they took uh, James Earl Jones' dialogue from other films, okay. uh, mostly mostly stuff from the '70s, sort of like exploitation stuff that he had been in, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and they used that dialogue. For instance, there's there's one line taken from Conan the Barbarian. Conan. I was gonna say Conan, yeah, yeah, yeah um, and uh, and stuff like that, and uh, and it's got a twist ending. That you won't see coming. So, uh, so that's at that's at Metropolis Comics and Toys. You can head over to Facebook to our Facebook group, our Facebook page, I should say, and uh, and you can get the link to the event from there, and you can get all the pertinent infos, and uh, and hopefully we will see some people there from Frontlines because we are we're kind of co-hosting it along with another podcast that I've been on, which is Front or uh, Fancore Daily. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, and it should be fun. We're gonna, we're gonna the the movie's gonna be playing, and uh, everything Star Wars in the store is gonna be on ridiculous sale. Um, there's gonna be a whole bunch of stuff that's on like more than than ten to fifteen percent off. So like, um, I, Johnny hasn't exactly told me what what he's gonna be doing, but uh, but I think that there's some stuff that might even be half price. And, uh, and maybe some $5 action figures and that sort of thing. But you got to come in in order to take advantage of it. So there that is. That's and, cool. Now, uh, you got to send me a link, though. Yeah. yeah I, obviously, sure. I can't make it. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be nice to, uh, to see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, and with that, so that's some news. If you're in Seattle, it might be worth it to, to make the trip up for the 12th to come check it out. Because yeah. uh, yeah. those of us in Vancouver are making the trip out to see our next new item, which is this a special theatrical screening of the, the Savage Opress storyline. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, awesome. In huh? theaters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I got tickets. Uh, I know you didn't, did you? Well, you know what? You sent me a – I think you texted me that night, and I got – Yeah. And I jumped on, and I tried to get on, and I couldn't – for some reason, you had to, like, sign up for whatever that, whatever that thing was. You had to sign yeah, up Yeah, you know what? Website. I was I already signed up. I was oh, already well, yeah. signed up for for from something else. I don't remember why. Like I, I have no recollection of what I used this thing for in the past. But I used it for something, and uh, and so I went to create a thing, and it was like that name is already taken. And uh, oh, there's not okay. a lot of other people on this planet who've ever used the username Arkwolf spelled the way that I spell it. So yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I have an account, and I logged in and managed to log in. And get uh, get uh, I'm sure a couple of the first tickets for the Seattle show because yeah. I was literally like on the Star Wars website like StarWars.com 
seconds before this went up. Like I was on uh, looking at stuff and sort of goofed around on their on their site. I I refreshed the homepage and the main story changed. And I was like, okay, I better check that out. And so I, I read because it was like a, <laughs> yeah. what night was that? It was like a Thursday or a Friday night or something. I think it was like a Thursday night. And uh, they don't usually update in the evening, but it just randomly updated at like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock at night. And so, uh, so I checked it out, clicked through, and I managed to get a couple of tickets and a friend of mine got a couple of tickets. So there's four of us piling in the car and driving down to seattle for that's uh, awesome for the night yeah, yeah you know what? Some, uh, do some toy hunting while we're on while we're down there and everything. it's gonna be fun yeah i couldn't um i don't know if maybe it's, there's so many people trying to get tickets i was trying to get to the san francisco show uh and that got yep. sold out really quick and as of this recording i think pretty much every place is sold out except for maybe boston and i'm not exactly sure that was the only one left yeah. but and, uh, don't don't out. don't give up hope because yeah, yeah. Uh, there is an option to cancel if you can't make it. So I'm sure that much like me, whether or not I could actually make it down there, I got my tickets right then and there so that I didn't have to worry about it. Right? Yeah. And all uh, it is, and all you have to bring is a, is a toy to get in. No fee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's uh, which awesome. Which is really cool. So I have yeah. a problem with that. And you know what? I'm not going to bring some crummy toy. I'm going to be at, like, hopefully – we're going to drive down and I'm, we're going to like hit up the target and the Walmart and the Toys R Us and everything on our way down. And I will pick up some awesome Star Wars figures to, uh, to drop. You got to drop off Star Wars toys. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but I, apparently this is going to be a three, three episodes you're going to get to see. Is that right? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I was trying I, to figure that out. I don't know if it's one or three or what's like, going on, yeah. but you know, what? I'm sure it's, it's probably going to be the whole Savage Press storyline. Right. Um, which could be a two episode, it could be a three episode. Could be a trilogy, yeah. I'm still um, thinking. But I would think that they, they wouldn't be doing it unless it was something substantial. So uh, I would think that it's at least three episodes. Yeah, and and I, I'm sure you've seen the uh, kind of like the main. They have a couple videos out for this, and, yeah, and the ones I'm talking about yeah. is the one with with Dooku and and yeah. uh, Savage, and he's doing like he's going through Sith training. And yeah. Oh man, is that awesome or what? Totally. This is what I'm looking for in the Clone Wars. Come yeah. on, you know. Yeah. Totally. Some serious. You know, you get into in depth on on how the Sith train, and and their big thing is this is like the the uh, Darth Maul secrets. Now I don't know yeah. what's going on with that. I mean, are we going to find out how the Sith train, how you know how Darth Maul came about, how Dooku, not not Dooku, but it's got something to do with Darth Maul secrets. I don't know what it's going to be. But watching that video clip, man, you just you can't help but just get pumped up for that because that was an awesome clip. You see the fighting, you see Force Lightning, you see all that stuff. It's like, wow, this is yeah, awesome. Yeah, and there's a full trailer for it as well. Uh, yes, yeah. On StarWars.com that is also pretty awesome. Um, it's a it's a pretty amazing uh, a pretty amazing event and and kind of a cool way of hyping us up for what I think that they're realizing has been a bit of a lackluster season. Yeah, because yeah. like they they haven't done this before, if I recall. Um, so it seems like they're kind of going out of their way to be like, "Hey, hey, guys, look, it's awesome." Um, <laughs> and the only yeah. reason that I can think of for that is that they've been sort of hearing our criticism out here that this is not as uh, not as exciting as it could be. Now I, I haven't listened to the forecast in a while because I've been super busy. 
And to be honest, I'm listening to a bunch of Kevin Smith podcasts lately, and uh, which uh, if you are under the age of 18, I don't recommend that you do, um, because there's a lot of cursing and a lot of inappropriate yeah. things in those. But I've been listening to a lot of his stuff lately. And uh, he's got like six or seven podcasts over on his network. So I find that I'm not listening to anything else. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I haven't been listening to the Force cast. And I don't really know what their take on this season so far has been. Have you been watching, listening to the Forcecast? I have, and, and they're, I want to say they're kind of the same. I mean, they don't, they're not as critical, I think, as, as we are. I don't sometimes. think that they can be because they have so many people on their show that yeah. are directly linked. Yeah. So they can't, like, I don't know, I would like to have, some more interviews on the show at some point, but I don't think that I will ever have, I, I, I don't think that we'll ever want to have any of the actual stars or Dave Filoni or anything like that on a regular episode. Because I feel like then, you know, you've got to kind of censor what you're going to say and you, you don't want to offend and all that sort of thing. Cause yeah. you don't want to, right. you don't want to mess up your relationship with the, with the company. Right. But <laughs> yeah. at the same time, like I want to be honest about, how I feel about episodes. Right. And to be honest, this season has been really lackluster for me, right? But oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big... You know, and I, and they do they do have some issues with it, but like I said, I don't think it's as as much as maybe we have voiced in the last couple of episodes. And I think, you know, you just said something about, you know, this trailer and this promotion they're doing is kind of new, and I think you're exactly right. I think that they're... Maybe realizing that, wow, you know, that's there's not getting the reception that, you know, I mean, they, they touted season three is going to be, oh man, this is going on and the trailers and, and everything. And maybe this is just to, to get everybody kind of psyched up again for the second half. Like, hey, yeah, we've got a lot of cool yeah. stuff coming, you know. Yeah. And I mean, like, what I just, I don't mean to like put down the Force cast in any way because they obviously no, 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 no. do an awesome job. Um, I'm just thinking, like, like if you've got, because it's totally my ignorance because I haven't been listening. But if you've got Dave Filoni on your show, you're not going to be like, so Dave, what's the deal? Why are these episodes all so boring? When are we going to see something cool again? And yeah. it's like, we have the freedom to say that because we don't have them on the show every week, right? <laughs> we don't, yeah. like, we're not, we're not talking to, to Matt Lanter or James Arnold Taylor every other week. Yeah. And, uh, and so we can kind of... The, we have the benefit that it's sort of like a a bittersweet benefit of uh, not having them on our show, so we get to say whatever we want. But because uh, yeah. I'm sure that if they were on, that I would totally tailor what I was saying to them, right? You know, like it's just kind of one of the right. harsh facts of of media and publicity that you kind of got to be a little bit. I don't know. Kind of watch what you say, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like especially when you're in into something fandom related and that sort of thing, like you're not gonna sort of bite the head that feeds you. Not that they're paying us or anything like that, but like, you know, like you don't you don't want to. They're they're giving you their time. You don't want to go directly into the negative things. No, you no. Try and stay on the positive side. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, definitely, so, definitely. So yeah, so, good yeah. stuff, big stuff though. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, at least what you find out, and and uh, I know yeah. I think JC is is going to a screening in his area, and he's he? okay. yeah he's going to try to get us some some info for the podcast maybe or some kind of a audio thing or 
interview or something. So we'll see what goes on. So yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see. They haven't really yeah. said anything about like, is anybody special going to be at these screenings or anything like that? Like, so, so it's kind of like all the information that we have right now is that it's going to be some Savage Press stuff that's going to be airing in January and uh, you can just get to see it ahead of time. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Good stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, or hearing how your your experiences go because you're going to get to see. I don't I don't know if that's going to be the season finale or, uh, but you're going to get to see it a lot sooner than than most people. So, um, be interesting to get your take on it. So um, you know, I think we could skip the next story. It wasn't a, a big thing. It was just about Harrison Ford, and you know, he's always he's making the rounds again. And I I am just gonna say that I saw him on Conan last night. Yeah, um, he's been on Conan and Leno, and yeah. uh, I do not promote uh, what I believe he was uh, under the influence of, but it was pretty entertaining because he <laughs> was yeah. he was. He was either drunk out of his mind or he'd been smoking a little bit of that wacky tobacco. Cause yeah, yeah. He was like, he was repeatedly feeling every single piece of fabric within arm's reach of him. Like, like it was, it was really odd. He was not acting normally. Now, I'll also say that Harrison Ford kind of likes to mess with the media. And whenever he goes on Conan, he's a little bit wackier than he is on anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and I always love it when he's on Conan O'Brien cause, cause he kind of just lets loose. But there was one comment that he made, uh, cause Conan asked him about Indy five and okay. whether or not they were, they were working on it and if he was going to come back for it. And uh, and Harrison Ford was like, yeah, George is yeah, he's he's cooking up something, he's working on something, and uh, and Conan was like, so yeah, those are uh, you you'll you'll do it because those movies are fun for you, and and he kind of smiled wryly at the camera and went, oh, they're more than fun, rubbing his fingers together, you know, like huh. implying that 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 it's a uh, it's a pretty big cash cow for him, so he really doesn't mind doing <laughs> yeah. Indiana movie. I'll bet, yeah. Yeah, so, the only thing I was going to mention was that you know he's he's doesn't he's back on the interview circuit and there's always it always comes back to Han Solo and he's got to say something about it and I don't know if, if the, sometimes the media kind of overhypes his disdain for it sometimes but you know I guess he was on some ABC interview and he said something about you know Han Solo wasn't an interesting character to him it's like I don't know whatever you know we're going to keep hearing that till the end of time you know so whatever i get it han solo isn't a very interesting character he's just a really cool character he's just cool yeah and right like he's he doesn't have a lot of depth to him he doesn't have a lot going on other than the fact that like i I mean really honestly yes he's one of the main three in the original trilogy but he's also secondary to luke like luke is the one who's got Mm -hmm. real stuff going on and and han is sort of he's a bit more of the everyman uh, right. He's kind of, but he's got that cocky thing going on. But, but he's really just cool. Like that's why we love him. We don't love him because his story is so complex and he's such an interesting, multi-faceted character. He's, uh, yeah, right. He's a bad boy, and everybody yeah, loves him. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's not like I, I totally agree. It's not that exciting. Um, the thing that I would say for for it is that, um, like, he's gone on record as saying that he doesn't think that. Indy and uh, and and Han are the same character; that they're very different characters to play. Uh, but he's wrong. They're they're exactly the same. I think that we all can agree. 
that Indiana Jones is Han Solo on Earth in the 1930s world, right? Like as an archaeologist, they're they're pretty much the same guy. One just happens to have a you know blaster, and one has a whip. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If if you gave Indiana Jones a spaceship and uh, and a furry co-pilot, he'd go do the same thing to the Han Solo. So yeah, that's just my opinion, though. Yeah, well, the only other thing that, that he said, and, and we've heard this before from even, a, I think there was the, the screenwriter of Return of the Jedi, I think his name was Lawrence Kasdan, was that he, he thought that Han Solo should have died fairly early on in the uh, in Return of the Jedi. And I can kind of see that because, like he said, you know, he didn't have really anything. He didn't have, like he said, a mama. He didn't have a papa. He had no ties at the very end except for, you know, kind of helping tear down the uh the shield you know on, on Endor. so i thought that was kind of you can kind of see that how maybe that would have put a little more weight to the story like wow you know if if han solo can go what what can happen but of course that's not how it went down and it ended up fine but um i, I kind of think the same way that it, it could have made the story a little more uh you know like the, the characters are going to be a little more peril than than it, how it turned out so I can kind of agree with him a little bit on that and how he thought he should die. But, yeah, back in the news for, for Harrison Ford and Hansel, and I don't know, maybe someday he'll finally, you know, realize that, you know, Hansel is just as cool as, as Indiana, you know? Come on. Uh, honestly, I think he does it to avoid us. I think yeah. that's, that's all it is, is that he really – I don't think that he has as much disdain for the character as he, uh, as he acts like he does. I think that he likes his private life, and he doesn't like to to be thought of as uh, well as like just this sort of. Like he doesn't he doesn't consider himself, and and rightly so, he doesn't consider himself in the class of like Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Right. right? No. No. Like yeah. like he, he's Harrison Ford. He's one of the biggest biggest stars of all time. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Arguably, like like the biggest star, like in the long run. Uh, uh, like movie star, male movie star on the planet. Um, it's like him and Tom Cruise. The, you go back and forth on one or the other. Yeah. Um, and so he just like I just don't think that he wants to sort of give the time of day to uh, to geeks and uh, and all that sort of stuff because in his eyes we're spending too much time thinking about this stuff and worrying about it and being obsessed with it and that sort of thing. Yeah. So um, I I understand that totally. Um, because I think that there's some people that can be a little bit hardcore and, you know, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch sort of thing because there's there's a <laughs> yeah. few people that they are just a little bit too hardcore and uh, and they take their their geekiness to extremes that maybe they shouldn't. So um, I, I understand where he's coming from on it. Um, and I think that's all it's about. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, on, and he didn't – he never liked – the dialogue and saying like oh no yeah he's he's yeah yeah you're right yeah it's the ship that made the kessel run in less than 12 parsecs which as we all know is a line that doesn't make any sense and it's just gobbledygook jargon and it's it's uh it's it wasn't his cup of tea that said he's the one who sold that stuff everybody else is kind of like like obi-wan kenobi like uh, alec guinness sells the idea that there's this mystical energy field that that surrounds and, and controls everything right mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and han solo sells the fact that they're flying a spaceship through hyperspace and and all that sort of thing like if, if those two guys weren't acting their butts off 
in those movies, then uh, then we probably wouldn't hold them in such high regard. So, yeah. um, although he hated it, he still managed to do a pretty darn good job of uh, of making it real for the rest of us. So, so you know what? That's why I'll we take, like him so much. That's yeah, I'll like take his his cynicism and you yeah. know kind of take it with a grain of salt because yeah. uh, the movies wouldn't be what they are without him. So. He's allowed to say whatever he wants. He's allowed to hate us as geeks. <laughs> he's allowed to hate us. Oh, no. At um, the end of the day, he's Han Solo. And, yes. And yeah. whether he, he treats us like crap or not, we're still going to love him. We're so. still gonna, yeah, exactly. That's where it's at. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump on over to some collecting news. Uh, just a couple things real quick. Uh, a lot of books have been coming out lately. And uh, one of those books is uh, called Visions. It's Star Wars art. Visions, and it's, uh, I guess George Lucas invited like 100 well-known and promising artists uh, to kind of draw upon their own inspiration for Star Wars. Uh, they all got together and, and they made this book. And uh, one of the one of the artists, his name is Robert Bailey, he, he has this one print, and uh, this was actually talked about in forums as well, and I thought it was a really cool print, and this is something that we talked about, and it was, you know, where can this series go as far as the Clone Wars? You know, could it parallel or could it be extended or could stuff be added in? And there's a painting that this guy did where it's uh, yes. Darth Vader. Uh, looks like he's facing off uh, a against... painting, a painting that's just been released to uh, to the general public sort of for viewing that is already outdated and needs to be retconned. But continue. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a second. OK, Tell OK, let's do that. because it It's just called it's called Now My Enemy and it's Ahsoka and Darth Vader. Uh, looks like they're on. Uh, looks like Coruscant in the background, or like the Jedi Temple there, and yeah. uh, they're in some kind of a, maybe a ship or something, and they're getting ready to battle. So, uh, but go ahead with the retcon thing because I thought this was a cool painting. Like, wow, look, look uh, it's 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 an amazing painting. I I have two issues with it. The first being that the Jedi Temple is smoking in the background, which makes me think that it's supposed to be placed at some point in Episode 3. 3, yeah. When Anakin has just become Darth Vader and has destroyed the Temple. Um, yet, the Vader that's in this picture is... Mechanical Vader, yeah. It, yeah, is Vader, Vader, and it's a Stormtrooper. So, um, I don't know, maybe the story that's supposed to be happening here is is taking place sometime after the events of episode three and Ahsoka has returned to the temple for something. Right. And that's why this is happening. Um, my other issue is that it's Ahsoka in her younger costume because we just got revealed yesterday. Yeah. That, uh, that they, that the, our three main characters, our three primary characters for the clone wars got new character models. Um, and we'll be seeing those in, uh, in tomorrow night's episode, um, uh, heroes on both sides. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, so she's actually like, if you if you read the actual article on StarWars.com, Dave Filoni goes sort of out of his way to mention the idea that uh, that this isn't just a new costume for Ahsoka. She is actually older. She's a little bit taller. She looks a little bit more mature. She doesn't have some of the, the childish childish uh, features that she had previously. So. Uh, it's kind of like like the, it, if this takes place after episode three, this is not fully accurate. But right, it's Star but the concept Wars, is, is so, cool though. Yeah, the concept is totally awesome. Yeah. Um, this 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 artist Robert Bailey was just working with the information that he had at the time. It just would have been nice if somebody at uh, at Lucasfilm 
would have given him the heads up to uh <laughs> to like here's what the new yeah. costume oh by the way like. yeah if you have any yeah. costume yeah. Um, yeah because they've known about these new costumes since uh since at least C5 because we saw Obi-Wan and his new uh, his new render, his new character model mm-hmm. in the uh, in the scene with the Republic Commandos, which I guess I'll just say it right now in case I forget it for later. Uh, this this epi- this next episode, Heroes on Both Sides, we will see the Republic Commandos. I'm pretty sure because uh, really in this episode, the dis- yeah, the description mentions Raxus, I think. And, yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's the planet that they said that they had just recovered that body from. So hmm. I, oh, I yeah. think that, that that will be the opening uh, of this week's episode. So maybe, I could be wrong. So maybe we'll get them in more than one episode then. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's, uh, again, that book was Star Wars Visions and a lot of different cool art. Yeah. But that was oh, one amazing, amazing, beautiful art. They've, yeah. they've had several features up on StarWars.com. So yeah. uh, everybody should take a look. And that should be something that's on everybody's uh, Christmas list yeah. if it isn't already. Um, because cool it just looks like an amazing book. It's definitely on my list of stuff yeah. that I want this year. Awesome. And now the last thing is uh, these Lego minifig alarm clocks. And, uh, of course, Think Geek, you know, they always have this cool stuff. And uh, oh. one of the latest things they got is these minifigures. Now, everybody knows what the little Lego figures look like, you know, kind of squared off or whatever. These are uh, alarm clocks, though, and they're about eight inches tall. Um, there's a Darth Vader one, and there's a Stormtrooper. look really cool. Uh Pulsable arms and legs, you know, you can you can have them sit down or stand up or whatever. Um, and they're alarm clocks. And, they, you know, around their belly area is the digital clock. And the only thing I don't know is how you set this thing. And, and a cool feature, and I don't know if this is it or not, is maybe like for a snooze, you could pop the head or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, that would be a cool snooze. Now, the... A cool little item, you know. I I think they're twenty nine dollars on ThinkGeek, uh, what uh, their website. So twenty nine dollars for the Stormtrooper or the Darth Vader. Cool little figure, eight inches tall, like I said. Alarm mm-hmm. clock, and uh, that's about all I know. They don't have too much information, like I said, on how they're how they're set or you know how you stop the alarm. But um, that would be cool if you can just kind of pop the head and that's your snooze. So cool totally. little cool little thing. Yeah. ThinkGeek.com. They're always coming up, like I said, with this cool stuff, man. Gotta love them. But uh, I guess that's... Is there anything else we wanted to mention in, in collecting? Or you got anything before we head on over to the recap? No, I think that's everything. All right. Well, it's time for the recap, then. Here we go. Here's where the fun begins. I thought you might say that. Because he will become a great Jedi. Kenobi. Skywalker. At least you. Uh, right. I'm so good to Destroy them both. You're both right. Let's make this a bit more interesting. For 800 years have I trained Jedi. Hey, coming. Blaster. No! All right, then. Here we go with... Hunt for Zero. On the planet Nal Hutta, Zero the Hutt goes before the uh, Hutt Council and acknowledges their help in breaking him out of prison. Zero is well aware that the Council only helped him escape because of dangerous information he possesses regarding crimes committed by the Hutt families. They consider killing him, but Zero threatens to turn his information over to the Galactic Senate 
if they try anything, and he demands to be taken to his quarters. So here we are at Malhata. Uh, we got this, you know, the scene like we kind of saw last week where the, it's like the, the crime bosses, you know, the, not, the, the heads of the council, and they are the ones responsible for hiring uh, Cad Bane. And I thought it was, I thought it was Jabba, though, that, that, hired, that hired Cad Bane. But I guess it's kind of the whole council. Yeah, I think it was like the whole. I think Jabba hired Cad in the in the first place to break him out. Yeah. Or okay. No, I say to get the Senate plans. I don't know. Senate it plans. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Okay. And then hired him again to be the one to break him out. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and of course they. Zero has this sensitive information, and we kind of don't exactly know what it is yet, but it's something that he's got over this this uh, basic, you know, we know that as a crime syndicate, but it's kind of revealed to Obi-Wan that, or Obi-Wan kind of reveals that they're, they're uh, new, not neutral, but they're uh, allies with the, yeah. uh, with the Republic. So they got some information. So we'll, we'll kind of get to that uh, in, in a little bit, though. Oh, but go ahead, Mike. At the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Commander Cody stand outside on a landing platform and await the arrival of Jedi Master Quinlan Voss. The two Jedi have been tasked with tracking down and capturing Zero the Hutt and Cad Bane. After arriving behind schedule and annoying Obi-Wan, Quinlan suggests that they begin their search on Nal Hutta, and they board a shuttle and leave Coruscant. Okay, Mike, we got to talk about Quinlan of Voss just for a minute. Great opening. Uh, like it's a gray entrance and he's got this I, you know I, I hate to say Han Solo kind of feel to him but he's got that swagger you know um, just the way he bit. acts yeah you know, yeah he does he kind of he, he almost the way he talks he, almost like he's a Han Solo mixed with a with a Qui-Gon or something like that because he's yeah he kind of goes at Obi-Wan like hey Obi-Wan how's temple life you know like like Obi-Wan's not doing anything important you know he's at the temple Quinlan yeah. Voss is out doing all the, you know, the fun, cool stuff. But uh, they kind of have a nice little exchange there. But but a cool entrance to Quinlan Voss. And, you know, I don't know too much about him because I don't read a lot of the EU. But yeah. apparently he made an, end, uh, an appearance in Episode 1 um, with, uh, so, you know, it, and he was kind of behind the scenes when, when uh, uh, Sebulba and Anakin were walking around. And then apparently George Lucas liked the character that he was all the way up to the animatic stage in episode three before getting cut for, you know, whatever reason, time or whatever. So, you know, uh, he's, this is someone who has been acknowledged by Lucas and now he's, now he's canon now. And, and, uh, you know, we don't know too much about him as far as Clone Wars goes, but he does have quite a bit of a background um, in the EU, but I kind of try to stay a little bit away from that because now that he's in the Clone Wars, he's going to, you know, kind of have it's going to change. It's going to change yeah. a little bit. You know, I don't think it's going to change too much because of his. You know, I, I think his force powers are are come from the EU's, and we'll get to that. Yes. But, uh, but I did like yeah. seeing uh, Quinlan Vaughn. So, um, let's see. Back on Nal Hutta, Sai Snoodles and several scantily clad Twilight girls perform an extravagant song and dance number for the Hut Council. After the show, one of the Twilight dancers mentions to Sai that the Huts are holding Zero in their detention center, and the singer goes to pay him a visit. And I did not watch, Mike. I, I usually don't try to keep spoiler-free before I watch these episodes. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't look at the, uh, 
the dot starwars.com episode guide or anything yeah. and the first thing that i saw i mean it's it just kicks you right in the face is the dance number from Tem uh, the temple of doom the yeah, anything totally. goes number i mean that jumps out at you right away i mean that was the first thing i thought of and obviously a, a, an homage to uh the temple of doom and a cool thing and at this time i did not know if that was size noodles or not did you I mean, you kind of figured it was, but you, they don't really say her by name. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of like, is that size noodles? It must be size noodles, but what? That's kind of a, an odd character to be in this, and I was kind of like, yeah, okay, well, I guess if she's just singing in the background or whatever. <laughs> um, but we find out that's not what she's there for, huh? Yeah, and I just figured big, that big she point. was gonna sing her little song, and then we were gonna move on like we do in the movies. And uh, and I was a little bit surprised when the next scene was uh, was her. <laughs> yeah, so. and, and she and you know here's a Zero's kind of playing on on her emotions and and she's kind of you know we don't know this but she's playing him a little bit. Yeah, um, and just and that was a kind of a bizarre scene. You know, if you watch the documentary, even even uh, Dave Filoni, he's kind of like yeah, the writers kind of. You know, I don't know. I can't remember his exact wording, but he's basically saying the same thing. Like, yeah, that was a little bizarre, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of was. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to more more size noodles here in a minute. But uh, go ahead and uh, you can continue, Mike. Uh, size noodles arrives at the detention area and sneaks past the Gamorrean guards after goading them into fighting each other. She finds Zero, her lost lover, locked away in a cell. Zero blames Jabba for separating them and promises that they will be together again if Sai can help him break out of prison, and she agrees. What do they want with you? Why would they do this? As hard as it is to confess this to you, Snooty, I'm not a perfect hurt. I don't care what you've done or why they want to hurt you. I only care about us being together forever. You really mean that? From the bottom of my fluid sack. <gasps> Unfortunately, my love, there's no way for us to be together as long as I'm in this dreadful cell. With true love, there's always a way. <laughs> oh my gosh, was that ever bizarre or what? Just oh a little odd. The whole time I was thinking, like, this is gross, and I don't know why they're doing this. And then I was like, because it's Star Wars, and because yeah. this is, because they can, because yeah. it's Star yeah. Wars, you know? And I was just kind of like, I, it, it, I, I, at the same time that I was disgusted and like, ugh, gross, she's <laughs> kissing him. And yeah. I don't want to see Weird. either of those characters in that sort of scenario with anything, yeah. much less each other. But yeah. then I was like, but, "But this isn't this isn't our world. Like this is a different universe where I suppose that this is acceptable." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so I kind of was like, "Yeah, I guess you just kind of got to go with it, right? Like that's it is what it is." Hey, it's Star Wars. Yeah, goofy. Yeah. You know, stranger, we've seen Stranger Things, I think. So. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, we're talking about Zero, so I uh, yeah, you know, what you, you expect to have a normal girlfriend? I, I think I don't think <laughs> yeah. so. He's doing well with Sai, man. He's doing well. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? We get to the Gomorrah Guards, which we haven't seen before. Yeah, totally. And very they look cool. awesome. They look yeah, amazingly good. And um, very I dumb. I, I would have liked a, liked a little bit of a, 
uh, variation with their uniforms, but I suppose they didn't have any variation in Return of the Jedi. So yeah, I'll yeah. live with it. Yeah, yeah, very cool to see those guys. Uh, and very dumb too. Very dumb. Yeah, but um, they were they were they were absolutely screen accurate and perfect from from the film. So oh yes, yeah. It's yeah. a shame that they didn't get to be in the uh, movie in Jabba's palace because they would have really sort of fleshed out that scene. Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Good point, good point. Uh, Jedi Masters Kenobi and Voss arrive on Nal Hutta, and they are brought before Gardula the Hutt and the rest of the Hutt Council. Obi-Wan informs them that Zero has escaped Republic custody with Cad Bane's help. The Hutts already know this, and Quinlan accuses them of instigating the crime. Gardula denies his claims, but Quinlan ignores her and picks up an empty cup lying on the floor. Using the force, he is able to sense that Zero held the same cup when, when he spoke to the council earlier. He shares this revelation with Obi-Wan as the two of them leave, uh, turn to leave the chamber. And first of all, I love the look of this, uh, I don't know, I guess you call it disco. They got the lights going and everything. Yeah, yeah. It, or not a disco, but a nightclub. You know, yeah. kind of like the nightclub feel to it. Uh, Quinlan and, and, and Kenobi enter. And, uh, and, the, and like I said, the character traits of Boss. I mean, he just comes in and says, hey, you know, where where is it? I know you guys took him. You know, he, yeah. he, he's already on it. And yeah. how about this new Force ability that we haven't seen before? What did you think of that? Yeah, it was pretty that awesome. That was pretty cool. Huh? Um, it's cool that, like, we've established what a Force vision looks like in Episode 3. And, uh, and we got to see it earlier this season in Assassin. Um, so to see it sort of a little bit more honed, like, like uh, I guess I guess Quinlan has the ability to just sort of uh, pick up on, on impressions in the Force when he holds objects. Yeah, yeah right, um, right. It's one of his, his special tracking abilities. Um, so, yeah, cool. uh, yeah, it was cool to see it sort of how, how that's envisioned that works yeah. it was that uh, it, it didn't feel at all forced or or out of out of place it seemed really natural like it was just this is just something a jedi can do right uh, right and maybe, he's obviously maybe, really good yeah, at it it's uh it's a uh, it's a rare thing but it's kind of um kind of similar to how uh how coran horn can't use any telekinesis right like he's uh his bloodline doesn't have the ability to to do that, right. and uh, and this is an instance of a bloodline that has perhaps another like added ability that an maybe added, other, right. yeah. other force adepts don't have. Um, so yeah. I I don't know like I I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I've never really been familiar with with Qu Quinlan Boss's character, but uh, but I guess that this is something from the comics or something like that. So. Right, right, yeah. So that's cool. I mean, they're not. You know they're not just starting from scratch. I mean they are trying to yeah. to, to appease a little bit of the U, but you know, like you know they want to do they want to. This sounds like they're trying to, uh, or you know with Quinlan Voss at least, stay a little bit with the EU. So that's kind of nice. That's cool. I, I'm sure that all the EU fans will appreciate that. So, um, but yeah, cool scene. Uh, Obi Wan and Quinlan come to the detention area of the Hut Palace to find the guards dead and Zero's cell empty. Meanwhile, Zero and Sai Snoodles make their escape in a speeder to the polluted swamps of Nalhetta. Back at the palace, the other huts discover that Zero has escaped, and they suspect the Jedi are to blame. 
Cad Bane arrives on the scene and he believes that Zero escaped long before the Jedi arrived. The Hutts hire Bane to track down Zero once again. And I'm, just real quick, I love, you know, I, you know, of course I love Cad Bane. I love his entrances. He always makes these cool entrances. And he's almost got the, this is what Boba Fett should have been like, you know. It just he's got the same type of mannerism. He kind of just walks in quiet, doesn't yeah. say anything, just kind of checking everything out. But uh, but Cad Bane's big stuff was coming. I just wanted to mention that real quick. Yeah, yeah uh, sure. <laughs> uh, Masters Kenobi and Voss make their way through the swamps on foot, relying on Quinlan's tracking ex- expertise to follow Zero's trail. Obi-Wan thinks Zero would have left the planet by now, but Quinlan is certain that he is still on Nal Hutta. They face a momentary distraction when Obi-Wan is attacked by a vicious dra- uh, dragon snake, but he easily defeats the creature and the Jedi continue their search. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculously. Just a quick little scene in there, but just like, oh, that was yeah. cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, and Obi-Wan just, you know, he does his Obi-Wan Kenobi thing and he dispatches this thing pretty quickly. But, uh,. Yeah, it was just a very cool moment. Cool to see a dragon snake too. And these and, and these guys are, you know, Quinlan and, and Kenobi are force jumping all over the place. Um, yeah. As he's tracking, so that was and they use that a lot in this episode, which is kind of neat. Kind of neat to see. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, Zero and Sai arrive at the house of Zero's mother, an incredibly large hut. Zero tells his mother more uh, mother about the trouble he is in and asks to borrow her starship in exchange for his swamp speeder. She agrees, and Zero thanks her and mentions that he has business on tap. Zero's mother, oh my, is yeah. she huge. <laughs> Talk about Pizza the Hut here. I don't yeah, know. Totally. <laughs> Holy mackerel, she's huge. And you know, you kind of get a good sense of like how dirty and, and, and smelly. I mean, they're on the swamp, and there's flies kind of flying around. There's, you know, she's got things crawling on her, these little creatures crawling on her and, and you could see kind of like the slobber that's accumulated around her mouth kind of like java so they did a good job of kind of showing like the filth of 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 her and, and her little area there so uh cad bane and his droid toto 360 chase after zero in their own swamp speeder obi-wan and quinlan see the speeder go by and kenobi notes that they aren't the only ones going after zero the jedi eventually follow zero's trail to his mother's house. Before Obi-Wan, can ha- ha- Before Obi-Wan has a chance to knock, Quinlan slashes the door with his lightsaber, kicks it in, and barges inside. Toto, how far ahead are the Jedi? I don't know. This is the last time I take one of these jobs. <laughs> Looks as though we're not the only ones after Zero. We must be cautious. Boss, somebody lives here. And, like, I love how Boss is so cautious, don't you? <laughs> yes. Okay, so he's, he likes uh, to think first and then act later. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. You know, and like this is just goes along with his character, like like you saw in the beginning, him jumping off and kind of his little swagger, and he's just gonna come in and, and take charge, you know. So yeah, 
cool little scene and funny little scene there too about his 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 cautiousness as it were um the hut is not happy to see them having already been bothered by her troublemaking son and a bounty hunter looking for him obi-wan assures her that they do not intend to harm zero but that cad bane does and she tells the jedi that zero is headed for teth uh, on Teth, Zero and Sai Snoodles find the resting place of Zero's deceased father. Sai removes a hollow diary from the corpse, which contains a list of evil deeds committed by the Hut Council. Zero is confident that the information is worth a fortune. He intends to sell the diary and make enough money for him and Sai to live happily together. But Sai has other plans. She pulls out a blaster pistol shoots Zero, and shoots Zero dead, as payback for breaking her heart. Unbelievable. I, know, I was, blew, I was so shocked. shocked. Yeah, like, yeah, me too. Yeah. We've seen a lot of good guys die, but I don't think that we've really seen that many bad guys die, especially not one as prominent as Zero. We've seen a character come in in one episode and then be killed in that same episode, but uh, I don't. We, we haven't seen somebody who's been around Kind of for as long. I mean, I guess he's been around the longest of any of the characters, uh, it, with the exception of the ones that come from the movies, right? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, him, and Ahsoka were were both introduced in the movie, um, and uh, and so I don't know. It's just I guess that there was this safeness to it. They like you're. They're not going to kill Zero. Yeah. Why would they kill Zero? Right. They would right. never do that. That's ridiculous. So it was. Uh, it was really, really surprising to see them do that. Yeah, I know. I was, I was kind of shocked too. Whoa, <laughs> I just—is he dead? Yeah, and he's dead. Boom, and and yeah. here it is. Uh, Zero has basically a bunch of secrets that uh, you know nefarious things that these that this council has done over uh, over the course of time. He's got all this in some type of a diary. Why they kept a diary about it, I have no idea. But but Zero's got it. He's hold, He holds the keys, you know. That's why uh, they had to bust him out. And, uh, you know, Zero talks to the council like, hey, you know, as long as as long as long I have the diary, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry about anything. I'll keep quiet. But, you know, I don't know if they wanted to bust him out to, to have him – well, you know what? I'll wait. I'll save my comment about about that <laughs> okay. for the end because I I just I want to ask you something about how this ends okay. up. But we'll I'll save that for the end. Yeah. Uh, well, Cadme, go I ahead. just got. I just have to comment. Did you think I uh, well, like when Zero was shot, they that the Jedi would catch up and that he would be okay? That like that that they would like I I don't know that he'd be like slowly dying and then they would yeah sort of yeah take I take him I, back and everything yeah because I mean he's he's mad you know their huts are kind of big and who yeah knows what yeah a blaster I bolt he could take do. a couple of blaster bolts <laughs> to the chest I don't know yeah Maybe. yeah you don't know but uh, no he's I guess Jabba got defeated by a by a chain. piece of chain so <laughs> maybe huts aren't as uh, aren't as tough they're as they're a little fragile yeah, yeah <laughs> they're frail <laughs> fragile uh, okay here we go. Cad Bane and the Jedi arrive on Teth to find Zero dead and the Hollow Diary gone. Since none of them are getting what they came for, Bane proposes that they peacefully go their separate ways. But <laughs> Obi-Wan is still intends to arrest the bounty hunter for holding Republic senators hostage. A fierce battle ensues, with Kenobi and Voss chasing Bane across the rocky uh, plateaus of Teth. The bounty hunter uses his full arsenal of weapons and gadgets against the Jedi. 
electrocuting Kenobi and shooting a flamethrower at Voss. He even manages to disarm Voss and fight Kenobi with his lightsaber. In the end, Bane manages uh, to reach his ship and escape the planet, leaving the Jedi hanging from his landing platform. Bane. Looks like we're both too late for the party. So this is not your handiwork? No, I wouldn't have made such a sloppy kill. Doesn't seem like much sense hanging around here. Not making any trouble between us. Are you forgetting how you held the Senate hostage? I may not be capturing Zero, but you are going to prison. Well, now that you mention it, the Separatists are paying a million credits ahead for a Jedi. I never did enjoy hanging out with you. <laughs> oh my goodness, what a scene it's, that was. It's, it's, uh, it's fun to just listen to the audio sometimes because you get to hear two things when you're just listening to the audio like we do on the show. Um, one is you get to hear just like stripped down the, the amazing voice performances of, of, uh, of James Arnold Taylor and Corey Burton who just died. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, unbelievable in this episode, and and just to listen to, uh, as odd as it sounds, Obi Wan getting electrocuted like that. Um, you have to remember that that's a it's a it's a dude in his uh, recording studio at home. Yeah. In the case of James Arnold Taylor, uh, just uh, pretending, <laughs> pretend like, and he doesn't have anything there but a script in front of him. And, uh, and I would think occasionally like a piece of reference uh, imagery or something like that, maybe some concept art, yeah. something like that to sort of go from. But more than likely, just, just, a, just a script, just an idea of like, this is what we want from you. Go ahead, do it. Um, and, uh, and, and the voice performance is just so amazing. And then the other thing that you get to hear, I guess there's three things, because the other thing you get to hear is the sound mix, which is just like, like all, all the different sound effects are it's it's sort of clear as day why what's going on even when there's no visuals to go along with it yeah. you can hear them jumping you can yeah. hear them using the force you can hear the lightsabers you can hear the blasters you can yeah. hear toto 360 in the background and the, the uh, you can you can even kind of if i mean if you've seen the episode you can kind of tell the difference but you can hear the difference between cad bane's boots which have little rockets on them, and his flamethrower, which right. he used both in that scene. Yeah. So it's just, it's really cool to, to get to listen to a, a clip for that long of something that really doesn't have a lot of dialogue um, and, uh, and just sort of take it in. It's, uh, and, then, and then the last thing is the music. I mean, yeah. um, this episode in particular had some really great music. The last couple episodes have actually had a lot of 
really, really good music. So, uh, and that's something that I don't think that we talk about enough on the show. We don't really give it give it enough props. We just kind of go, oh yeah, I, it sounded like that was familiar from the movies. But uh, every once in a while, they do something like a huge musical number and that sort of thing that, that we get to uh, sort of focus on the music for a second. Yeah, a lot of times we just focus on the, when they infuse the, uh, the uh, John Williams stuff. But, yeah, uh, but you yeah. made a good point. And, and it's funny you said that about the, the clip we did here because when I started ripping that, I was like, there wasn't like a, a lot of dialogue, like you said, but I started listening to it and I said, man, I'm going to put in just a little bit of what's going on and, and some of the things. And, yeah. and you picked up on it and you can kind of get a sense, you can kind of visualize that fight when you're listening to it, what's going on with some of the cues, the, uh, the audio cues. But what a great fight scene. One of the best fight scenes in this series so far. I yeah, mean, definitely. You, you talk yeah. about Star Wars. I mean, someone even said this, I think maybe it was in the forums or somewhere else. It was, you know, episode one-esque with three different combatants, or actually four there if you count Toto. You got multiple areas they're going. They're jumping around, different levels. You know, things are falling yeah. apart. Uh, Bane's using all his tricks. You get to see all his tricks. I mean, and he's holding off to, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, like you said, Mike, one of the greatest fighters, uh, lightsaber yeah. battlers of all time. Uh, and he's holding himself. I mean, you got force pushing going on. As Kenobi jumps down, he force pushes Bane out of the way. I mean, uh, I don't know. It, it climaxes with, with Bane using his uh, his wrist flamethrower. I mean, how yeah. cool was that scene? And a great Which shot. Just, oh, my God. It, it uh, Like you said earlier, with Cad Bane, we get to do everything that we wish we could have done with Boba Fett. Yeah. And, right. uh, and I think that's what they had kind of tried to do with Django. But because we yeah. don't get to see a lot of them. Uh, we maybe don't get as much of that as we'd like, but uh, getting to see him sort of rocketing around and then using the flamethrower, and uh, and that flame just shoots out. It's just this huge plume of flame. Yeah. And uh, and it just leaves these awesome scorch marks on the ground as it goes. Um, they, they just did an amazing job of totally selling everything in this fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right down to like the the it's it's three strikes with the lightsaber when Cad Bane gets it he grabs it he gets and, it he, three and times, he manages yeah. <laughs> to go like sort of up down up and the camera follows with the movement of the lightsaber is just to sort of add a little bit more to the scene and it just amazingly well put together yeah excellent scene uh, like I said one of the best of the series so far is yeah, what I felt for so, sure um, definitely some good stuff going on there. You want to fish it up, Mike? Yeah, sure. Uh, on Tatooine, Sai Snoodles brings Zero's diary to Jabba the Hutt. The crime lord pays her for her services, and Sai gloats that no one would suspect a delicate singer of also being a bounty hunter. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's what I was talking about earlier, and, and I don't know what you got out of this, but was, okay, was Sai from the beginning, was she working Java from the beginning, or was it when she saw uh, Zero? Then she kind of said, "Oh, you know what? I, I'm assuming that she was already working with with Java, saying, hey, if he comes, if he shows his face around, you know, the Five Hut families down there, mm -hmm. you know, tag along or do whatever you can and give me that, give me that book, um, or or get rid of him or whatever they wanted to do. I don't know what you got out of that. I mean, was she was she?" in this the whole time this whole this whole story 
as far as going uh, after Zoom. You know what? I, I think I think they they it's the other way around. I think that she saw an opportunity and uh, and, she, and she took it. You know, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it, hanging out with huts. You got to be a pretty crafty person. So I uh, <laughs> I would think that as a hut, anybody who's willing to hang out with you, I wouldn't trust. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. it's uh it's pretty tricky. But at the same time, Jabba's a pretty sneaky guy. So you might be right. Yeah, well, maybe maybe she's just like you said. She's hanging out with these huts. You know, she's part of this the uh, little nightclub there. So she obviously knows what's going on there. I'm sure. And, yeah. And and just maybe like you said, capitalized on an opportunity um, where she she can buzz zero out using their old relationship, and yeah. then uh, you know I don't know. It's it, it, I kind of I was kind of a little bit confused on that, but uh, but that's how it ends. You know, uh, zero's dead, and and Sai makes her home on looks like Tatooine now with Jabba, which will and then we'll see her in Return of the Jedi. So so that's that's it. Yep. That's the episode, man. Which you know, highlights for me obviously was the big fight scene. Um, Cad Bane is always a highlight for me. Uh, they always seem to to do oh, yeah. some some great stuff with him. And then Quinlan Voss, great character. Like I said last week, I I just I was craving for that next cool Jedi male Jedi character. You know, like yeah. Are they going to bring anybody in? Uh, you know, we've had some of the other guys like Kit Fisto, and, and we haven't had one of those guys in a while um, at, at this level. And I don't know if we're going to see him again or not. I don't know if this is a one-time thing, but, uh, but a great job. Yeah, you know what? Great a, job. a lot like once once Kit Fisto is in there and once Plo Koon's in there, all of a sudden we start seeing them all over the place, like all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he might not be an integral character for a little while but i'm sure that we will see him in the background of scenes and that sort of thing and he'll be there now that they've got the asset there's yeah. no reason yeah. not to use him right yeah definitely great so, character good job yeah. on that and, and looking forward to seeing more of, of him in the future so yeah for sure that's gonna do it for that uh should we hit the mailbag yeah, let's do it. All right. Excuse me, but might I interrupt you for a moment? Metropolis Comics is a new breed of comic store. We're cleaner, brighter, we're constantly adapting, providing you with all the toys and comics you're looking for. Transformers, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Gundams, Final Toys, T-shirts and comics, movie toys, World of Warcraft, G.I. Joe and comics, comics, model supplies, statues, graphic novel, which is just another way of saying comics. We're right across the street from Metropound, but hold on, wait a minute. Did you say that you don't live here and now you don't have to? Metropolis Comics and Toys is opening an online store. Did you just jump for joy? Stranger things have happened. For instance, some people badly want to shop with us online, but then they forget the website. Don't let this happen to you. www.metropolis-comics.com www.metropolis-comics.com The Secret Stash Online Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, head swipe, weapons, malfunction. But, uh, everything's perfectly alright now. We're fine. We're all fine here. Now, thank you. How are you? Alright, Mike. We got a mail, uh, a mailbag today. Um, someone from Vancouver's your neck of the woods. There you go. And uh, this is from Laura G. And she said, I just rented uh, The Force Unleashed 2, and it was pretty chill. The game was really good, but it was so short. My dad checked it out, and since he doesn't know Star Wars, he asked me if it was one of the movies. I only wish they made it longer. And that was from Laura G. from Vancouver, B.C. And, Mike, we haven't really got a chance to talk about The Force Unleashed 2 yet. <laughs> we have But, but 
That seems to be, and I've played, I have to say, I've played some of it. Um, I haven't got a chance to finish the game yet, but that is the main gripe of everybody I've heard so far is, what's going on? Why is this so short? And and yeah, and, yeah. and parts of the story, I, I, I do hear some criticism about the story a little bit too. And it definitely sets up for a third one. Now, I don't know how far you've gotten the game. I've only, like I said, I'm not a huge gamer. And yeah. um, I, I basically will, haven't had a chance to really play a lot, but I have gotten yeah. to a certain point. What, what's what's your consensus? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how far I got in the game. Okay. Um, I got so far that I haven't gotten anywhere. I haven't even bought it yet. Um, I haven't even picked it up. At first, it was a money concern because it came out while I was on my honeymoon. So I like, came back and it was like I just spent, you know, a couple thousand, uh, several thousand dollars on a wedding and a couple thousand on a trip to Disneyland for six days and uh do i really need a video game and i had to get caught up on work anyway so at that point it was like well i don't even have the money to buy it right now i'll wait and then it was like well now i'm really busy because i've got to catch up on all the work that i missed while i was gone for two weeks and you know while i was dealing with wedding stuff so i waited another couple weeks and uh and then i started hearing all the reviews from everybody and i started hearing firsthand accounts of how it's really short how the story's not that great how the gameplay improvements are good, but not enough to, to, you know, sort of carry the game. So I honestly just haven't, haven't picked it up yet because there are other things that I'd rather get. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. So, yeah, I, I, um, at the point where I'm at right now, I do think the gameplay is better. Um, the story, I haven't got enough in the story to really tell how good of a story it is yet. Of course, the game looks fantastic. Uh, the game controls, like I said, are a lot better. I'm, I'm playing this on an Xbox 360, by the way. Um, now I haven't really seen any glitches or anything like that. So so far, everything's good. Um, now here's the thing: that I'm everybody's saying that this game is so short. My son is he's 13. Uh, he beat the game in I don't know. It was probably a course of maybe four or five hours. He had the game done. And uh, and this was, you know, I had rented the game. I said, you know, I'm going to yeah. rent it first because I didn't have, a ch you know, I don't have a chance to get to the any, any stores that we have that would have this game or, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes away. And I have just a blockbuster around around the corner. So I'm just going to run down here quick, rent it for a weekend, play it, and then I'll go buy it. Well, shoot, my son beat the game in five hours. This is a game where you can rent and beat the yeah. game in a few hours in, in the course of a weekend and, and take it back. So I think the main criticism here is that for the money you have to pay for this thing, it doesn't pan out because there's no multiplayer or nothing like that. You're just yeah. playing a campaign and that's it. And you can play the campaign on easy, hard, unleashed, whatever. But that's the big problem, I think, is, wow, I can just go rent this game and beat it maybe a couple times get all my achievements and whatever you want to do with that and take it back and you're done with it. So I don't know. That's kind of a little disappointing with all the hype and hoopla that went into this game. Um, and I don't know if this has anything to do with Hayden Blackman leaving, but I think it's more the fact that he wanted to do his own thing. But you know what? For all of you out there that bought it, I don't know, maybe let us know what you guys think. I mean, Laura thinks it's pretty good. She just thought it was a little short. I don't mm -hmm. know. That's, a, that's the main consensus though. It's just, it was for the money. It's just too short.
You know what? I, I honestly think that Hayden Blackman left because he wasn't happy with this game because they didn't get to put the time into the story that they did with the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just kind of got announced, and then it was coming out, and then it was out. And, uh, and I'm sure they didn't have the involvement that they had with the original one with George Lucas and, and tying it into everything and all that sort of thing. Right, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and now he, yeah, he probably just got a little bit annoyed with it and was like, you know what? Uh, they want to make a third one. They're not going to give me their, the, they're probably going to want it in like two years, and that's not going to be enough time to develop a story based off of this bad story. You know, and, and all that sort of thing. And so he was probably just like, I'll just go make my own video games rather than not have a choice, <laughs> yeah. right? Because, yeah. like, re- like not not to not making Star Wars games or anything like that, but you're sort of pigeonholed into Battlefront is what sells, so make a Battlefront game. So all of a sudden there were, like, there was, you know, Battlefront, then there was Battlefront 2, and then there was Battlefront for the PSP, and then there was one for the Nintendo DS and, and all that sort of thing. And it's like... They just sort of, they, they find a game and then they seize on it because everybody gets excited and it's a good game. Mm-hmm. And then they rush out and they make a sequel and the sequel is never as good. Right. Um, all, with the exception of Battlefront. Battlefront 2 is a much better game. But they were also jumping from PlayStation. Oh, maybe they weren't. Maybe the first one was on PlayStation 2. I don't remember. Um, that was a long time ago. In any case, like... Uh, Knights of the Old Republic, awesome game. Knights of the Old Republic 2, some people think it's good, other people think it's trash. Um, you know, like they've like with uh, with this game, we've got the Force Unleashed, Force Unleashed 2, it's not as good as the first one a lot of people are saying. So Right, yeah. Know. Well, you know what it is? Here's my take real quick on gaming. Is, well, at least for me and, and a lot of people I know, is it's the replay factor and the value. And... If you don't have the replay factor, you're not going to want to buy a game. I mean, here's the biggest thing, and I think shooters are are huge right now. I mean, and I'm not sure why Lucasfilm is not trying to get into that genre. Maybe with a, like you said, a Battlefront where, I mean, look at Call of Duty Black Ops. That just came out. I had to buy it for my sons, you know, because they're big Call of Duty fans. This thing sold 650, like, million copies in, like, five days. Yeah. And... And the, th- and the thing that is with me is I don't mind paying that $59 because the replay factor on this is is they have the campaign and they have the online factor, which they've played that online thing for years. I mean, they're still playing Call of Duty 4, and that game came out, you know, what, two years ago? And they're still playing that game online? I mean, you talk about getting a value for your money. Yeah. Uh, holy mackerel, that's getting your value. And I don't mind shelling out the 50 bucks. Because I know they're going to be playing this game for years and years. I mean, they've worn out discs, not from just from playing the dang thing. It spins in there so much that they've worn these dang things out. So the shooter thing is, I think, is where it needs to be at. I mean, or I mean, you play a lot of games. I mean, I'm, like I said, Mike, I'm not a big gamer. I just see what my kids like, and and you know, they're kind of into this online experience. And I'm I'm wondering why Lucasfilm hasn't gone that route with like a battlefront or some other type of game yeah. i know you play a lot of games what's your you know well i i just think that when you've got uh, a narrative experience like you do with a force unleashed game i don't have a problem with eight hours eight hours is fine um the, the uncharted games on the playstation 3 are both about eight hours uh for a solid playthrough mm-hmm. and uh and that's that's fairly reasonable for 60 bucks in my opinion 
But I mean, Uncharted 2 does have the multiplayer aspect. And if you just threw in a multiplayer, then yes, you would be getting your money's worth on this game, you know? Mm, yeah. But um, I think that when you've just got that narrative element, you have to write a story. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and I think that that's the hardest part for a good game, is that your gameplay can be amazing. But if you have a really crappy storyline, that's all anybody's going to seize on. Like, they're just going to be like, yeah, the game was really cool, but the storyline's terrible. Like, I, I wouldn't put myself through that again. You know, it's like Final Fantasy X is probably one of the, the most interesting uh, mechanics for the Final Fantasy, for the newer of the Final Fantasy games since since uh, 7 and 8. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and yet it's got such a boring story that never really goes anywhere and is really unclear and all that sort of thing. So nobody cares. Same with the, the latest one, Final Fantasy XIII. Like it, it's got a boring story that nobody cares about and nobody understands. So nobody plays it, you know? But, yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, you, gotta, you have to present it in a certain way and it takes a certain amount of time and, and certain skill levels. So you got to pay for that. And I don't think that's what Lucasfilm is looking to do with a lot of their titles. Look at Republic Heroes. Yeah, that that was a piece of shovelware that was just put out to appease the Nintendo Wii crowd. Right. Right. If, yeah. If Lucasfilm really cared about story and mechanics, they would have figured out with Wii Motion Plus how to do a lightsaber game by now. Right. But they don't really care. They they're just interested in a bottom line over at Lucasfilm that, and I think like, honestly, I think that's what Hayden Blackman was sort of leaving. Yeah. That's, that's why he got upset and took off because there's only so much of that that you can deal with. Right. Yeah. Um, that's interesting that, you know, like, like you said, maybe he left and, and, and now that people are coming out with and saying the game is not as good as, as they had hoped. I don't know. Who yeah. knows? Maybe there was something. Well, there. it's, it's odd because the, the occasional game with Lucas, LucasArts makes it through the cracks and ends up being a really good game, like the Force Unleashed one, mm-hmm. um, even though it had all of the, uh, the the glitches and that sort of thing that it had. Um, right, yeah. But most of their games, for the most part, you have to take a look at it and really, really look deep at how many games Lucasfilm or LucasArts has produced over the years and how many of them are actually good, yeah. right? And yeah. how many of the good ones were done by outside studios. And uh, right, right. it's like the Rogue Squadron series is probably one of some of their best games. Well, they were done by Factor Five, not by Lucasfilms. This was done in-house by Lucasfilms, right? Mm-hmm. So, right, right, okay, yeah. So you know, I mean, yeah, they restructured yeah. the company just after the Force Unleashed came out, and uh, and and I think that that's one of the uh, this is one of the drawbacks is that you get a game that's just kind of you know in tandem with a whole bunch of other games that are coming out because we had Republic Heroes come out. Was that earlier this year or was that last year? No, that was earlier this year, yeah. Yeah, and then we've got Clone Wars Adventures that just came out that, that isn't worth your time. Uh, we got Star Wars Lego uh, Clone Wars, which is like how much more can we get out of this franchise without having to improve gameplay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those are you kind know, of fun. Like, Oh, they're they're totally. My kids fun. love those things, yeah. But have they changed the Star? Uh, yeah, no, no. Game since yeah. the first one came out, you can tell me that drop-in play and and uh, different mechanics and stuff are changing up gameplay. But at the end of the day, those games are all exactly the same. Yeah, um, definitely. And and it's kind of I don't know. That's just where it is. 
Anyways, we've kind of we've kind of killed this topic, so let's move on to the next one. All right, what's uh, the forum post of the week? It's uh, titled Anakin's Scar, and this is by Darth Wall, and he and he says, uh, "Think that Anakin? I, I think that Anakin got his scar from Asajj Ventus. Well, not according to George Lucas." And he says, "A conversation between Lucas and John Knoll in a web diary during the production of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith showed more of the movie expanded universe relationship." And he goes on to quote, I believe, a, uh, a story that came out of Wikipedia where um, John Null asks, how did Anakin get a scar, George? And, and, and George says, I don't know. I asked Howard. And they're talking about Howard Rockman, who is the president of Lucas Licensing. And he says, that's one of those things that happens in the novels between the movies. It, I just put it in there. He has to explain how he got it there. I think Anakin got it slipping in the bathtub. But, of course, he's not going to tell everybody that. Now, I, obviously, that was a joke by George Lucas. I don't obviously think that he really thought that. Um, I believe, wasn't it in the Tartakovsky series they they uh, tackled the subject about the scar with the Asajj Ventress that, that he got it from her? I'm pretty sure that's what happened. No, I think it was in the comics. Was uh, it? It was, either, it was either in the comics or it was in Jedi Trials. Because I know I've, I've heard some kind of story about him getting a scar from Asajj Ventress. I think it, I think he does get it from Asajj Ventress. I think it happened in Jedi Trial, which okay. is, I, I think, originally how she died. But um, she's died so many times in so many yeah. different ways in different mediums. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've just never really worried about it. Uh, there's a war going on. He got a scar at some point. I'm yeah. sure it's not the only one. I'm sure, like... Uh, they had him all wrapped up in bandages in uh, Jedi Crash. I'm sure he got a couple of scars from that too. Yeah. But, well, this you know, scar is it, not visible. This scar was significant because it was obviously on his face, and you, you can obviously tell in, in Revenge of the Sith, you're like, whoa, something happened yeah. to him. So maybe this is something that they are going to tackle in the Clone Wars because, you know, if it is something that he got from Massage, maybe it, they'll have a scene where he does get cut by a lightsaber or yeah. whatever. Uh, that would be kind of kind of interesting to see that, but um, I, you know, like like I said, I thought I've read that somewhere, and whether they whether they leave it alone or they, I'd kind of like to see something like that. Maybe you know, see him get a little cut from a lightsaber. I don't know how they do that if if that would kind of work out, but um, yeah, totally. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We we'll, we'll, got a little ways to go in the Clone Wars, so maybe we'll we'll get that. So. Um, with that, I think it's time to jump into the next episode and what we're going to be seeing uh, tomorrow as of this recording. And it is entitled Heroes on Both Sides. Padme Amidala and Ahsoka Tano travel to Raxus in an attempt to forge a peace agreement with the Separatists. As, as Padme enlists the help of a, her former mentor, Mina Bonteri, Ahsoka learns some valuable lessons about the realities of war. On an all-new episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Your friend is a Separatist? Ahsoka and Padme are going behind enemy lines. It's so good to see you. But who's going to be cleaning up Coruscant while they're gone? I'm about to deploy the infiltrators. Uh-oh, that's not good. Don't miss an all-new episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Secrets revealed. Next Friday night at 9, 8 central. To peace then. To hope. Only on Cartoon Network. All right, Mike. And, you know, I, here we go with 
Ahsoka and Padme again, but <laughs> <laughs> and another another uh, piece of paper that needs to be signed. But yeah, I, yeah. But, but it sounds like there's going to be some action too. So. Yeah, there's going to be some action, and the fact that you kind of just mentioned it earlier, and I didn't even realize it that we were going to be seeing these new character models in this episode. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see that, and from just the pictures I've seen, I'm really happy with with what they've done. Uh, I like the looks, and and I think we can talk about this more next week when we talk about this episode. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely what I'm looking forward to seeing these new character models in action, sort of. And uh, Grievous is going to be back, so that's kind of nice to see. And uh, yeah, Padme and Ahsoka. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode, man. Definitely, yeah. Looks good. I, as good. always, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Do not forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, username Clone Wars. That's twitter.com slash Clone Wars. You can have, head over to Facebook and join our group. Uh, it is uh, uh, facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. And, uh, and you can uh, join us on the Star Wars Daily Forums at forum.starwarsdaily.com, uh, which I still have not been on in, like, a month. But that's okay. I'll get, I'll get back in there eventually. Yeah. I'm just, like, super swamped right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, that's our show for the week. That's our show for this week. All right. We'll catch you guys later. See you next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always. <laughs>